Hello, hello, hello. My name is Riley James. You're listening to the If Anyone Cares podcast. We thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. And I just want to say, you're in for a fantastic show today. We had an unbelievable guest <laughs> that rattled me as a host. Like, it's so hard to do a show with him because he's all over the place all the time. But it was so much fun to have him on for the third time. Uh, first since the rebrand. So I'm very happy that he decided to come on. His name is Cam Awesome. Yes, as his legal name on documents that he has to pay somewhere. Because he lives in his van, so I don't know where the documents go. Anyways, he was a fantastic interview. I just want to address something first. So this is a thing that happened this week, this past week. And I was caught up in it. And I was going to post some, I was going to, I did a video for my car, or an audio, a, a voice memos for my car. I'm driving home from the whole situation. Because I wanted, I wanted to talk about it. But I didn't want to call anyone to tell anyone about it. And I was going to post it on this show. It's just 13 minutes of me just talking about the whole thing and rationalize everything in my head. And I decided I wouldn't do that because I am an adult when it comes to these things. I need to be better than that person when it comes to I need to handle the situation. I need to handle the situation better than making low jokes and, and using my platform to to embarrass the person. I wasn't going to drop any names. I'm not I'm not that low. But I decided to take the high road. I want to address it because I imagine they're listening this week. Because uh, funny thing about the people who hate you, they always listen to your stuff. That's, that's very, very true. There's people that love you and the people that hate you. The only thing they have in common is they listen to your podcast. So, uh, hello, by the way. Thank you for listening. But I'm just, I'm just happy that the show is successful and it's relevant. And I'm relevant uh, around some parts of Texas. I got stopped at a gas station yesterday. I, was, I, went to, I went to Houston, Texas yesterday. As many of you know, I cover the Houston Dynamo for MLS Aces, which is the other podcast I'm a part of. So I got stopped at this gas station. I'm on the way to the game. And the guy that came with me needed a phone charger. And we didn't have one. We, we realized that we left it back in Lake Charles. So I'm like, no problem. We're, we're way ahead of schedule. We can make a, make a stop for 15 minutes. We can both get out, go to the bathroom. You can buy your cable, and we'll, we'll keep rolling down I-10. Well, I get out. I am wearing, so I wear short sleeve shirts, like short sleeve button-up shirts to these games because they're 1,000 degrees. So I take my jacket off during the actual game when I'm on camera, and I can do the game because our, our press box is outside. So I'm wearing that with no jacket, gray dress pants, and white tennis shoes. And this lady recognizes me. It's like, hey, you're, you're, you're Riley. I'm like, I, I'm aware. Thank you. I'm really glad you know who I am, though. That's pretty cool. And she's like, yeah, I watch your, your Houston Dynamo stuff, and you do a great job covering the team. I look forward to your interviews every week. I'm like, I thank you so much. You going to the game? And she was going to the game, and she has to take a picture with me. Well, picture this. I'm wearing a short sleeve button-up at dress pants 
and my hair is not exactly camera ready, but I take the picture anyways because she was a very nice lady. She was um she's very grateful that I stopped. I was very grateful that someone stopped me nice nicely. <laughs> Had one time not so nicely someone yelled at me, but I appreciate moments like that and and to have those situations come upon me is is really something that I cherish. And anyone that recognizes me from either of those podcasts or, or me covering Major League Soccer, please come up to me. Let's take a picture. Let's chat for a second. Um, I like to talk to everyone. I'm nice to everyone, I'd like to think. And if you see me in the street, if you see me at a game, if you go to the Houston Dynamo game, I'm always there. If you if you see me at a game or you see me walking around like Charles, don't hesitate to stop me. I always got time for people that, that support this program or support MLS Aces or anything that I do that support me. You guys support me, so it's the least I can do to stop uh, for for me to stop for a second for you guys. So I just want to open up that door. Open up that door. Um, send me DMs and stuff. I will do my best to reply in a timely fashion and as best as I can. So I'm open to you. Now, if it gets ridiculous, <laughs> maybe not so open, but I am definitely open to people that are, are willing to um, be nice. So I appreciate those people that are fans of me and fans of the show and, and fans of MLS Aces, and it is it filled me with joy yesterday that, that someone was nice enough to, to stop me and ask me to take a picture with them, even though I was not camera ready. But you take what you can get. So yeah, there's a show today, Cam Awesome is a boxer, a vegan, and he's a public speaker, he's all around great dude, and it's just, a. Well, I had a wonderful time talking to him, so I really hope you enjoy this on episode 10, my favorite number of all time of the If Anyone Cares podcast, thank you so much. Stay tuned for after the interview for a little short segment at the end. And again, thank you so much for listening to the show. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. How you doing? I'm doing well. How how much are you sweating? How much are I what? How much are you sweating? Oh, no. Uh, no squalls. I just uh, worked out a little bit earlier. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Decided to do uh, probably best anyway. Yeah. Oh, How's it going? It's going good, man. How are you? Doing, doing well. Doing well. Just uh, in... Dallas. You're in Dallas. Uh, yeah, I I uh I think I reached out to your school. You did. I think so. Did I? I I don't know, I'm asking. 
Oh, okay. Man, yeah, I, I don't I go there anymore. I graduated. Yeah, you should stop doing things like that. Yeah, you got to gra- keep it consistent. What's <laughs> up with all this change in life? I got so many changes going in my life right now. There's so many things. Yeah, if you come, what? if you come down, I got you a place to stay, and I'll skip college. I, that I day. just need, I just need a driveway. <laughs> no, I got you a bed. It's fine. <laughs> There's a, you know, it's been weird. Like every time I like. I stop off at a friend's place. They're like, "You don't need to sleep in their cam. We have a, we have a bed." I'm like, "But this is like, like I'm, but like my in my head, I'm so proud of the van." But like everyone's like, "Oh man, we don't want you sleeping in a van while you're here." I'm like, I don't care if you sleep in the van or not. You're just welcome to sleep in our house. Everyone's head, like in my head, maybe I've tricked myself into thinking. It's not really a van. <laughs> like when I see someone, I just want to like, be like, man, you should see my van. I get to live in here. It's not that I live like oh, I have to live in here. It's like I get to live in here. Right. I, I get really excited about my van. <laughs> but I realize it's not, it's not the it's, it's not the ladies magnet. You would have thought it is. No. Well, what's the van? What's the make and model? Uh, it is a Dodge Sprinter, but it's it's a 2006, so technically it's a Mercedes. Uh, like it's a Mercedes engine and all the parts, so it's still kind of like that. But uh, Mercedes sold the rights to Dodge, or they leased the rights to Dodge for a few years because the taxes were too high for imports. Right. So uh, they didn't have to deal with the taxes, so they sold the all their cars to Dodge, and then Dodge just put their labels on them. But then it became such a hit that Dodge decided to make their own after 2008 and all those cars. Okay. So it worked out for you. Yeah, it worked out. Also, I know a lot about cars. So, uh, Louisiana. Yes. Lake Charles, Louisiana. Lake Charles. Let's see where that is. Cause I might be driving through. Dude. It's an, uh, it's a long I 10. You're about. You're in Dallas right now. Yeah, I'm in Dallas. But I'm driving to Atlanta uh, this weekend. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you. I don't know what Atlanta is on. I don't know if that's on twenty or ten. Because I twenty runs through Dallas, but yeah, if you're in Lake Charles, come on, come on by. Uh, Probably Shreveport. Shreveport. Yeah, Shreveport. Shreveport. Yeah. Yeah, I go through Shreveport. Uh, Shreveport to Birmingham to. Uh, uh, to Atlanta, it's kind of Tuscaloosa. Okay, it's a weird name. Which all weird names are? Uh, are are we recording yet? Yeah, I, I just started it. We can. Oh, oh, cool, perfect. Yeah, I just was trying to uh, make sure I don't curse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got, I got you down. It's good. Got the yeah, all the weird names of cities. Yeah, are just like names we took from Native American people that we don't know what it means. <laughs> You're right. Like I'm. I'm sure Tuscaloo means like hidden warrior in the woods or something along that line. Uh, Kansas City has a bunch of uh, streets named after what I think sounds Native American, but could just be my ignorance. I mean, they have a football team named after a Native American position. So yeah, which I found they don't really care. They don't the. The Native American people, so they no. don't they don't care. No, they don't care. But the problem is, uh, 
just really liberal white people want to be offended for everyone else. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. So all the liberal white people just take everything ever that's offensive or should be offensive that are, people are not offended by. They just like yeah. pile it all together and it's, it's like leaves that you rake up together during the fall and you just dive into it. Yeah. That, I think that's a, uh, I think maybe it's, maybe it's cause I've found more white people with like black lives matter on their page or like saying that then I have black people and I, I, I appreciate it because <laughs> I would much rather that than, than the opposite. But, right. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm just not into a lot of active. Well, all vegan stuff. That's kind of activism, but I don't like March or anything or whatever they do. No, you're not going to Washington and no. marching along that street that everyone watches well, on. Oh yeah. Like when all those chicks went to uh, Washington and just marched everywhere and just caused traffic yeah, I don't know why they did that. It just like, it just messed in, in my up. mind. They should have just spread that out, and then they should have had all of them should have just volunteered at Planned Pregnant Planned Parenthoods and like done something good. You don't. I know why everybody wants politicians to do good things if they've never done it. Right. Like what LeBron James did recently with all the like the school he just started the I Promise School. Yeah. Every kid gets a bike. Uh, and a helmet, which I thought was really weird. Uh, just a helmet. Uh, <laughs> everybody gets free breakfast, lunch, and he helps the parents that don't have their GED or high school education get one. Right. I mean, that's what I think politicians should be doing. But if the politicians are doing it, I'm happy that other people are doing it. Like, yeah, I- I'm just happy someone's doing it. it the yeah. politicians, we elect those people to do things like that. But if LeBron James wants to do it, yeah. I'm not. Like trying the to politicians fight it. have never done it. No, never. Yeah. So, but they're like all the people bitching online. They should maybe they can't buy schools and like pay teacher salaries, which is next to nothing anyway. Uh, maybe they should like volunteer or do something instead of just bitching all the time. Right. And I get you want to get the the media attention from marching and everything like that. But why why not do the thing? I completely agree with you on that. Like, why not do the thing that you're complaining about? You want done. Right. You go out there and do it yourself because obviously people in Washington are not going to do it for you. (laughs) Yeah. I think Uh, we've learned that over 200 years. Easier to tweet. It is easier to tweet. Yeah. Easier to tweet. There's less risk. There's even risk in sliding in DMs, but there should be a way where you can slide in a DM and. If the person tries to screenshot you, it deletes automatically. <laughs> I'm just going to open up a uh, email to Twitter real quick. And yeah, just, uh, if you can put that in the questions and comments box. Right. Right. Also, if Twitter could actually, because uh, some people travel a lot, if they can do like nearby option. Are you on uh, Tinder yet? I'm not on Tinder, no. Oh, you're not being efficient with your time. <laughs> Are you on Tinder? Yeah, that's where two matches go to light a flame. So you look, Cam. You're you're a great dude. You're funny. I don't think like. It, do you need help finding women? Is that like a thing for oh, no. you? It's. I don't go there to have sex. I can. I can like 
talk to someone in person. That, that's way better. And then they, they can't use angles. Uh, <laughs> but what, what I do for is, for one, uh, find vegans. Two, uh, tour guides. My profile says, not here for hookups. I can do that in, per- in person. Ladies, show me your cities, not your titties. It's okay. Just, so you're just, it's just okay. to go out and like meet someone. So going into bars and stuff and you'll realize it's very difficult to, if you're hunting, which I call hunting, if you're going out trying to get laid, you go by yourself. But if you're just trying to have a good time and hang out with people, uh, if they see you by yourself, you look like you're hunting. Right. And that's not really my mission. I just want to go out and have a good time and talk to strangers, but I need to walk in with someone. So I walk in with someone. I don't care what they look like. And then we hang out, have one drink, and then disperse. Uh, usually I do it at karaoke bars to where I sing a song that you don't think I know how I'll know the words to. I kill it, sing so passionately, I can't open my eyes. And when I get off stage, I high-five a person, and usually they're like, let's buy you a drink or a shot. I'm like, yeah. And then I get into their group, and then I leave the unattractive chick uh, on the side. Or she can join us, but you know, I tell her she, she knows what's up. Dang, man. Dang. Yeah. I, I used to really value uh, like sex and, and that. And then I like, and I feel a little silly with it because like, it was so important to me when I was like 18 to 28 and a half that, that like now I value actually going out and having a good time or one of my favorite things to do. Nothing. Stay in the van. Yeah, just nothing. Just park close enough to a Starbucks to get Wi-Fi in the van. <laughs> and I, I lie so much. Like, if someone's like, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, yo, it's about to get crazy, baby. And then I park close to a Starbucks. See, I don't party hard anymore. How old are you? Uh, 29. Okay, so you're getting up there. I'm, hey, I'm 30. Okay. I'm 30. Yeah, let's go ahead and just call it 30. When do you turn 30? Uh, like two weeks. Okay. So you're, you're near 30. Let's just say 30. Okay. You're 30. You're getting near the end of your, your party, like the prime of partying as a human. No, that's where you're wrong. And that's what I used to hear old people say. And I used to think they were old because they were 30, but like the partying that you can do. So think about partying at 15 when you need your parents to drop you to the party. Right. Okay. At 18, you don't have to have your parents drop you to party. You have your own car. At 21, you can get into the actual bars and stuff without a fake ID. At 30, you can afford to go to bars where people aren't throwing up on themselves. And there aren't 19-year-olds thinking in and getting way too drunk. And then you can actually party. Okay, so what is the what is the limit on there's not ever a limit, but what is the peak age and once that once you go past that age you start going down as far as going out Childhood. and partying. You have, if you have a child, you're done. You're dead. You should be dead party wise. Because I know a lot of people who are probably just let an iPad babysit their child their entire childhood and then they don't spend time with their children because they're worried about partying. I don't I don't think you should be part. Once you have kids, your partying time is done. Because partying is what got you the kid in the first place. Most of the time, yeah. Yeah. Just So, I, yeah, you can, when I see someone that is like 
37 and doesn't have any kids, I'm just like, oh, man, we can party. But when I see, like, someone who's 21 has, like, a kid, I'm just like, you're dead to me. Okay, so it's not an age. It's just a position in your life, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a level of responsibility that you have. So let's, let's talk about this. What about people whose kids are grown and out of the house? Say they, they, they had the kid at 18. So you fast forward oh, till I can I, let me break down that whole. Situation. Hold on, hold, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. So Go fast forward it. till like what's eighteen times thirty six. So thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight. When they're out of the house, maybe in college. What do you think about that? They've already made their kid go off into the world. Is that are they allowed back into this partying situation? Do you know what you call those people? What do you call those people, Cam? Cougars. <laughs> That's that's what happens. They get they get married at eighteen to their high school sweetheart. Then, ten years later, they realize they've changed so much between the age eighteen and twenty eight, and now they have two kids with someone that they that that they didn't marry because that person completely changed too. And they they're not happy together, but they do have kids and they want to stick together for the kids. So what they do is they wait until the kids are old enough to at least babysit themselves or babysit their younger brothers and sisters, and then when they're about. 32, 33, they're able to start going out and partying again. But what they get did get to see is all of their friends through the, the era of MySpace and Facebook hang out and party and take pictures. And now they want to do that because it's all they've been thinking about for the last 14 years, although they love their children. But then they don't realize that they don't have the street smarts of a normal 33-year-old because they're still 18 socially. So they go out, they start getting way too drunk and hooking up with 21-year-olds because they can't control themselves because they get way too drunk. They should know better, but they don't. And that just proves age is a general estimate of life experience. Boom. God, this is why I want you on the show a lot. Like it, it's, I'm, it's, I'm honored to be here, man. <laughs> this is amazing. This has been 16 minutes of content that you didn't know we started recording until eight minutes into the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I'm gonna go bleep I, uh, you. Bleep you. Not a character. Times. I'm like this every time, other than the mornings. You're not a morning person, Which, are you? No, and I've been doing mornings for almost 30 years now, and I still haven't gotten the hang of them. What is your ideal time to wake up in the morning? Ooh, uh, well, right now with the business, everything, I'm up at 5 a.m. But me being up at 5 a.m. I'm not social until about 11. Okay. So I, I, I need, first of all, I need like an hour to myself, to like get my life together, check emails, not respond to any, just check emails, look at text messages that I'll never open and <laughs> uh, just, you know, catch up with Twitter, check the analytics. And then I get to start emailing and make coffee because I feel like that's what adults do. And I'm going to purchase a, uh, a briefcase, not because I need it, because I don't. I don't know why anybody even has those. Uh, but they look professional as hell. And if I had a briefcase and coffee, bro, I'd be straight adult in it. So, so you don't, need, you, you don't need a briefcase. What, no, are, no, what are you going to put briefcase. in it, though? Because uh, I feel like you have to probably, put something in it. Yeah, probably candy. Um, okay. <laughs> Just, I, yeah, I, maybe like a, a MiFi, so I can just have like Wi-Fi in my van. But people with briefcases just look professional. I'm not saying I'm gonna wear a suit because I sweat too much for that. Uh, I only wear suits for gigs that pay high. 
Okay. Like so anything over than comping my bar tab. So what do you usually wear? So you're, it's a speaking engagement. That's what you do full time. Now you do speaking. engagements. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if they don't pay you enough, what are you wearing? If they pay me enough, I'll wear nothing. <laughs> but, uh, I don't think if, that's legal for most places, but okay. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Maybe Canada. Uh, I would, I, I only shave for, uh, the, the nicer gig. I don't shave for schools. Uh, also I wear shorts and you're not allowed to call them wife beaters anymore, but tank tops. Okay. That's, that's what I'll wear. If, if, if it's like a nice school, I'll wear a t-shirt. <laughs> and you're a professional at this. Yeah. That, what I found is, uh, think about where you were mentally three years ago. Would you listen to a dude in a suit? Uh, yeah, that's, not, that's, not, that's not when fair. it comes to life advice about partying and stuff. Right. Because you'd look at me and be like, this dude knows nothing about partying. And that that's how I dealt with kid, uh, as with speakers as well. I would need to relate to you. And I believe I am very relatable uh, because uh, I'm a child with adult-like resources. I think that's that should be your Twitter bio. I I, I feel like Tinder's going to get an update. <laughs> A child with adult-like resources, hashtag Taylor Swift boxing. Yes. That's it. That's it. Uh, but we we haven't had you on since the rebrand. And so that means... So what's all, going on with the rebrand? Why? Okay, okay, so the rebrand. I wanted a new idea. I wanted a new format. I wanted this to be something that I can look at and like, hey, I don't hate doing this every day. So <laughs> I feel like that's that should be everyone's goal for a job i don't hate to go to work so yeah that's terrible it got very monotonous of me doing the same show and never had the same co-host twice so i was like having to fake it and try to be friends with every single person ever so that that wasn't (laughs) working for me so i came on i took a a month and a half two months off and i really thought about whether i want to do this anymore so i came back Last show I did was in uh, February. I came back after two months off, dropped the show on the one-year anniversary, deleted all the other episodes. Ooh, clean, clean start. Clean. That, maybe that's why you're not on my uh, on my podcast list anymore. Well, I still kept the same uh, RSS feed, so it just kept going again. So I changed uh, the music. I've changed the show art. I changed the format in which we do these things now, and I've modified that since then. So this is basically an interview show now where I just have on a guest and we just have a conversation about whatever. Yeah. Do you not like a in-person podcast? I want to, but I, unfortunately I'm not a child with adult resources. I'm a child with very minimal adult resources. That's okay. Uh, I used to be, I wish I could go back to where I was 18 and not be embarrassed about being broke because I'm an adult and I'm broke. So I realize like everyone is and actually most adults are. Yeah. Basically everyone besides the 1%, there's 99% of broke people and some of them don't have to be broke, but they don't manage their money. Well, there's a, there's a thing like I, I'm not a hoarder of like stuff. Everyone's a hoarder to some extent for something. I'm a hoarder of money. Like I like to see that 
credit card uh, balance in my in my account, that debit checking account. I like to see that as high as possible and spend very little on anything. So like that, that money, that's how that's awesome. Money management is like my strong suit. I'm never I had one impulse purchase in my entire life. And I went through my teenage Whoa. years with that. And I'm What was it? I was at the LSU spring game. And there was a jersey that was worn in the 2014 game between LSU and Ole Miss where LSU won 10 to 7. I got that jersey. It's a number 10 jersey. It's hanging up right next to me. Wait, number 10? Number 10. I bought that same exact jersey from that same exact game. You did? No, I didn't. I was just seeing how you'd react. Yeah, (laughs) I was about to fight. Then I I forgot. You used to be a boxer, so I might die. That would be, be, like, in my mind, I just think they sell, like, 40 of those jerseys a week. Yeah, I guess. I mean, not, like, they had the thing on it. It, like it's covered in grass stains or whatever, so like you, you could tell it was actually game worn, and it's oh, okay. the game jersey, yeah. not like a practice yeah. jersey. So, and I, then I photo matched it, and it turned out to be the game I went to, where LSU beat the number three team in the nation. And they stormed the field. It was great. I was there. Nice. So, nice. well, I guess I guess was it worth it? It was fifty bucks. Oh, that's not an impulse purchase. <laughs> hey, it was, it... <laughs> an impulse purchase is no, no, no. no but like listen, listen, knocking this. someone. <laughs> I had zero money. I was sixteen. I oh, a, I guess yeah. I guess that yeah, that's true. I had a hundred and fifty dollars in my wallet, and I thought that was a lot. Yeah, I spent yeah, fifty that was bucks 100% immediately. Of your income, right? That was my entire. The, all the money I had to my name was in my wallet at that one moment, and I spent thirty three percent of it. The, you know the magical thing about having nothing is you can't lose anything, and if you if you lost everything and you, you just like you bought that jersey. Right. If you lost everything, you had nothing, and you still had a place to live, you don't really need to panic. You might be a little worried or whatever, but it's not the end of the world. Right. That the, is the worst. The worst thing about not having the money is I couldn't go eat, like with my yeah, friends at a restaurant. Or like I was still taken care of at home. Like I can always eat seven meals a week at home. Yeah. But just seven? Damn. You must be thin. A lot of uh, there's a lot of cardio in soccer, man. I think you should be eating more than seven meals a week. <laughs> The other two meals were not at home, Cam. <laughs> Seven meals at home. On the other two? Just nine meals a day, man? Nine, nine meals a week? <laughs> I had 21, 20, roughly-ish. Oh, okay. That's not bad. But the other two is uh, either at work or at school. So, it was all free. It was good stuff. Oh, Hey, uh, have you ever done any drugs? I have not done drugs. Good. <laughs> Have you ever done drugs? Uh, yeah. But that's why I'm telling you not to. Okay, so... Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. So I know yeah. from a person who did it not to do it. Yeah, exactly. Is there is there some drugs... Probably not. Probably not most drugs, but do you support marijuana being legalized? I was so anti... I'm... Since I was 12, I've been vocally anti-marijuana because on my 12th birthday, my brother took me to the backyard and made me smoke an entire cigarette. And I tried to stop. He's like, you're going to smoke. And I like finished and I was like crying and slobbering. He's like, did you, how do you like cigarettes? I'm like, it's, it's gross. And he's like, yeah, now you'll never smoke again, which 
100% true. If a car drives by with their windows up and I see someone with a cigarette, I taste it. Like, that's how much I despise cigarettes. Then, after the cigarette situation, he took me to the garage and he's like, we could smoke weed because weed's cool. And then we smoked weed and I just started, I got really paranoid and started freaking out. And in my mind, I lumped cigarettes and weed into one big clump of terribleness. So I've always hated weed. Uh, and then I got addicted to Ambien, which was wrongly prescribed to me for uh, my sleepwalking issues. Actually, doesn't help sleepwalking. Don't know why it was prescribed to me, but I got dependent on it and for about four years. And then someone suggested use marijuana to get off of it. And I was very against that because I think marijuana is a terrible drug, but I did it anyway because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be relying on uh, Ambien. So I smoked uh, seven nights in a row. I would literally smoke and then go under the covers immediately because I don't like being high and it, I freak out. So I was like, I just want to go straight to sleep. And the, it was six days I did in a row and then I had to leave town. And I couldn't bring weed with me, but I left my Ambien at home and slept without an issue. So, it literally took me off of my ambient addiction for in six days. So I do think there are massive benefits to marijuana, but I do think that it's too easily enjoyable for it to not have that stigma. Right. Be because they're very, and, and I, I've always known successful people who smoke weed a lot, but I'm like, oh, those are exceptions. And I continue to meet more and more people who do. And I'm like, oh, Everyone who smokes weed and is successful doesn't talk about smoking weed because they're busy being successful. But it's the let's even call it the 50 percent who smokes weed and is not successful. All they do is talk about smoking weed because they're not doing anything else. So it does give weed a bad rap. So uh, I think it has its beneficial qualities, but I would really like to try DMT. What is that? The, the weed without the. Oh, no, that's part? CBD. Uh, DMT is dimetyltryptamine. That's science. It's uh, basically something, it's a chemical that your brain produces right before you die, and they can make it, and if you smoke it, you get, uh, basically, you, you go into, like, a different dimension, and you trip balls for a very long time, but it's actually about, like, a minute and a half, but you don't have a perception of time, so you think you're there for a lot longer, uh, and a lot of people do it for spiritual journey purposes, and that's what I would like to do it for. But I would, I don't like when people are like, oh, I'm spiritual. And you just light incense like once a week and just smoke a bunch of weed and you don't want to go to church. So that's your cop out, like, oh, the spiritual thing. But I actually do think there's more to life. And I don't think that our brains could comprehend what it is. But I think you get a slight taste of what it could be when you take these journeys. Uh, or you just end up being a crazy person and you believe it. Either way, I, I think it might be a good time. This is why I wanted you on the show. This is another reason. Because we just went, we've gone so many different routes on the last 30 minutes of talking. And oh, then you yeah, just it's get, been 30 minutes, man. Time flies. Yeah, it, I'm looking at the clock and it, I don't, just don't believe it's been 30 minutes. But yeah. you've come on, you just told a serious story, then you, you know, told some funny things 
earlier. Like, this is a well-rounded conversation. This is why we did the rebrand. And to have you on as episode 10, my favorite number, the number of the jersey that Ooh, I bought. That, this is fantastic. That's our jersey, man. That's, that's our, our jersey. Yes. So, let, let's – I want to I get to a few more things here. Uh, are you com- – like, did my school contact you? Did my high school contact you about coming? What's the name of your school again? Sam Houston High School. What is it? Sam Houston High School. No, I, I don't think it was them. Who was it? Was it a school around know. here? Uh, it was somewhere in Louisiana. What school district is it? Uh, Calcasieu Parish. Nah, that doesn't sound familiar. I did. I did email them though. I got you. Uh, do you know what school yeah. did? Because like, if you're in Louisiana, if it's not an unreasonably long drive for me, y'all come hang out. You can bring me in. I okay. can, I can assist you in whatever you need. Hey, how do you feel about public speaking? Uh, I've done it before. Feel comfortable with it? I think comfortable enough. Yeah. Oh, good enough answer for me. That's how <laughs> my brain works. <laughs> I could I could do it and not freak out. Yeah. One thing is, do you think you have anything to talk about for an for an hour? For an hour, that is that was my big issue is staying focused on. Obviously, if you've been listening, I don't really stay on task too much. No, you so, don't at all. We've gone yeah. a lot of different Dude, directions. <laughs> if you had to speak to a thousand students or a thousand people. About one topic for an hour, what would it be? I think chasing my dream, chasing your dreams. That's what I've been doing for the last two and a half years. I've gone through, I like that, a bunch of different things, and I've helped me grow as a person. And now we're sitting here doing this on a random Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, hmm. yeah, today is, is, is it our Wednesday? Yes, yeah, Wednesday, uh, it's Wednesday, yeah, okay. boom. So yeah, I'm not good with days. Uh, every day is the same for me. So it all runs together. But yeah, that's what I would do. Like if I had the chance to to speak to a thousand people for an hour about anything I wanted, it'd probably be that. And just so, what, what would the structure be? Because I mean, granted, you can speak about that for three minutes easily, right? How would you not stretch it out for an an hour? I don't. But how, what would what would be the specific uh, topics and what would be your approach at it? I see that that's you're you're a professional in professional, I guess. Yeah, because you get paid to do this, so that technically qualifies you as a professional. But that's where I would need a little bit of help because I can. I've done producer stuff for the last year, and I've learned how to plan shows and do all this kind of stuff, but. For for a conversation like this, you and me just went. I have nothing in front of me. So my experience or my past things that have helped me outline and do conversations and and everything like that is not very long. The list of times I haven't had to actually outline a show is not really deep. So I would probably ask you for your help or maybe Google how to do that. But you know, I'd probably talk about uh, the, the initial, like I'd tell my story and then I would break it down into key points. You know, this is how I got, like, this is 
a place where I got started. This is my mindset going into the first one and kind of document my whole journey and the, the things that I learned, and the things I had to deal with, and the things I had to overcome, the points where I wanted to quit, but why I didn't, and all the way up until the present thing. I would have to work on it a little bit and probably get some help on how to outline it and make sure I can have it down pat for a single hour without, you know, coming back to the same thing over and over again. But I'm pretty sure I could do it with some time. And uh, now that you're done with high school, uh, what's next? That's a very good question. I am accepted into college. I have not enrolled into college yet. I have some opportunities that uh, that have come that, that have come uh, my way the last couple of weeks that pretty much demeans college and doesn't require me to go. So I don't know exactly what I'm going to do next. I got is that the military? No, nah, just a, a few a few different job offers. Huh. Uh, a job offer? Yes. No, man, you got you got to pay at least at least one hundred thirty five thousand. Before you can accept a job, right? That and get get a piece of paper to tell me, hey, you yeah, did this. I'm thing. pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah, that's what everyone's telling me. I have to pay one hundred twenty thousand dollars to go to school to get a piece of paper to, hey, accept me for this job that might not be available in four years when I graduate. Yes. Oh, also, if you could make it a liberal arts degree. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'll have something to talk about with the other servers. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. We'll just keep that moving. We'll just move, move on to the next thing. I feel like I'm being, uh, I feel like I'm being interviewed. For, for, I just like to know the way. I just want to know what your plan is. And ah, uh, man, I just feel like I could be a better speaker if I could just lie to kids. Why don't you lie to kids? Because people lied to me, and I didn't appreciate it. So I just feel like I'm going to be honest. And it's, it hurts my career because there's always a question at these speeches where one of the kids are like, one of two questions that always asked. And it kind of like in my head, I'm just like, I wish they didn't ask that question because now I have to say the truth. It's like, what do you think about college? And are you religious? What, what typically are those answers? Uh, I'm really good at not answering questions. Well, that's good since you're a guest like on my of, show. One of the, uh, one of the crazy, like the Taylor Swift interview thing. Yeah. I never answered a single question. No, you didn't. No. <laughs> I went back and listened to that the other day. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was like the, the two, the two year anniversary or something like a week ago, someone tagged me on. Yeah. Yeah. And did you notice how I just didn't answer that question you asked? Yeah, I know. You just yeah, you see, you went around it. Yeah, it's a talent. That whole Taylor Swift the boxing thing, though. I want to tell a story. I you know it, but the the people who just started listening to the show, and I thank you for the increase in numbers the last couple weeks. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast that I work so hard on. Hey, his DMs are open. Slide in. Slide on in. He's not on Tinder, so do I need to make a Tinder? I I think it's worth the adventure because. The problem with the, you know, the, the, that those, the cougars, the 33 year olds and the, the male versions of those as well is when you're in a relationship too early and you don't get all that 
fun out of your system and realize how stupid it is eventually. But you have to experience how stupid it is for yourself to not want it. What happens is you end up cheating on your wife. So, like, get it out of your system now. Okay. While there are no consequences, you know, of course, uh, be safe. Pull and pray. Pray really, really hard. I'm joking. Wear condoms. Okay, good. Yeah, just some good advice, man. I just, (laughs) I see a a lot of good people make a lot of bad decisions. Granted, someone who makes a lot of bad decisions, at least I don't have kids. And when you don't have, not even just kids, but if you don't have anyone depending on you, you you can just do whatever you want in life. Are there going to be, live in a van. Are there going to be some kids with the last name Awesome? Ever? No. No. You think you think a ba- do you see how much I hate on babies on Twitter and how much they can't read and their lack of coordination and how they can't even hold their head up? You think I'm gonna grant a baby who can't hold its head up this amazing last name? Are you gonna adopt at one point? Oh well definitely adopt on shop. I'm not gonna buy children. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've never even had a, I've had a, I actually technically never had a dog. I just did foster care. Oh, you did the foster care for dogs. I cried almost every time when I had to like find it at home. I, uh, I interviewed the lead sideline reporter for Fox sports. Uh, her name's Katie Whittem. She, she's a big advocate for adopt don't shop and the foster programs and everything like that. So I've talked about it with some people and I've, like when I become an actual adult and I live by myself, I might do that one day. It sounds really cool to, to be able to take care of an animal, kind of give it yeah, a like, home life. Then yeah, you like a step it away for just a little bit, right? It, it gives you experience, and it also, hey, this is what a potential dog or maybe a human child might be like. Kind of prepares you. First of all, children will never be that cute. So you're not you're not I'm FaceTiming you by accident. Let's Okay. It's like a double podcast. <laughs> it's all plugged into the same system actually. You can decline that if you want to, or unless you want to answer it. I don't it doesn't matter to me. I didn't mean to FaceTime you. Just let it rock. Yeah. Ooh. Let it time out. Um But I th- I think that's a cool concept. The whole yeah, the uh, whole foster thing. I think that people if people should have a dog throughout the entire life of the dog before you have a child. Right. Like, it's like having a plant first. Like, can you keep yeah, the plant alive? Yeah. So start, with the, start with a plant and then go, go to a dog. And if you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm getting old. Like I'm 30 and I need to get a dog soon. Like, because I want to start having kids within the next five years. Then you get a really big dog because they don't live as long. Right. Maybe, maybe a bulldog or something. They got real bad sinus and nose issues. Their nose and stuff. They don't live long. So you give him the best four or five years of his life, and then you name your child after your dog. And then watch that child disappoint you year after year because it'll never be as good as that dog. Cam, I imagine when you, when you get a little bit older, maybe your, your ways are going to change a little bit. But now thinking about this, I can only imagine you adopting a white child. Uh, nah, I want my kid to make teams. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get this scholarship. Well, the white wide receivers in the NFL, or like the white basketball players. Wide receivers? 
Yeah. Well, you mean uh, tight ends? No, there's wide receivers. White wide receivers? Danny Amendola and all the guys. What, the, that, the whole the, the whole entire league? the whole entire Patriots roster is white wide receivers. Ah, well, it's Patriots. That's fair. What about our quarterback? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, white quarterbacks, great arms, not good outside of the pocket. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Besides, besides Big Ben, but he's just a giant. Big Ben's a very large individual. Yeah. This okay. So this all stemmed off the conversation of Taylor Swift of boxing. So I can see yeah. how you get distracted. I'm, I'm with you now. I'm inside your mind, and I can kind of see how yeah. it works. And it's very hey man, it's a lot. You better going wear on. some gloves. It's dirty in there. <laughs> it's a lot going on. <laughs> okay, so the Taylor Swift of boxing interview. I was watching highly questionable a couple years ago. A show with Dan Levitard and Bumani Jones, formerly of Bumani Jones, um, and they they did that. Like they showed that interview and they you know dissected it and kind of it was a fun interview it was a funny interview so they brought it on that show and, and did the whole thing that's how i found you i followed you immediately because oh, and now i'm having you this is your third time on my program so this has been a dream this was a thing like a we smaller a, a smaller dream a short-term goal but we got there <laughs> a dream nevertheless <laughs> That's, this is what Malcolm Lu- Martin Luther King was talking about, man. Right. This is like one of those 20-minute nap dreams. Yeah, yeah. Those are the best, man. Exactly. You're and like, now, third time I'm on the show, I got your phone number my phone. This is freaking awesome. You're like, oh, wait. I felt like I've been sleeping forever. I'm so well-rested. Oh, man. It's only been 20 minutes. Exactly. Dope. And that's, that's what dreams are about. And that's where Cam Awesome came from. Yep. So, thank you so much for being on the show. Again, I, I hope you are judged by the content of your podcast. I don't hope that because there's a lot and more not of me. The cover of your podcast. I don't know. I wouldn't know how to make that into like a Martin Luther King speech. Hey, my cover uh, the judged po- by the content of your character. Judged by the content of your character, not the color of your skin. I don't know. It like his speech wasn't even in HD. <laughs> it was black and white. <laughs> it was a standard def. Yeah. Oh, oh, Martin. Oh, yeah. There's always the one person who, who says something racist, like that, sh- like that cooking person who made breakfast food. I can't think of her oh, name. Uh, uh, Paula Dean. Yeah, Paula Dean. She said something racist, and then she had to go meet with <laughs> Al Sharpton. Great. She had to go meet Al Sharpton. If MLK yeah, was still well, alive, I don't, I don't. He would be that guy that people have to meet with after they've done something racist to apologize to the entire black community because you know MLK if he was still alive he would represent the black community still yeah he yeah he would be our uh, our Nelson Mandela right so Ooh, now it's wait, like Al Sharpton but, but I feel like what Kanye just did is he the new like, guy I feel like Kanye would have been a big fan of MLK and kind of drug dragged him down with with Kanye that's I would imagine on this. He, would, he, he would get up with some celebrity to try, you know what Bill, uh, you don't know, but Bill and I used to have a really dope sat, Saturday or Sunday morning show. Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen moves. videos in, in science class. Oh, okay. I'm not that, now his, I'm not that young. I don't know when that stopped, like when he stopped making those, but. His new show, he's trying to be like hip, and there's like rap, and there's booty dancing, and he just he lost all credibility to me. Although I know that he's not like a real scientist or whatever, he just promotes science. But uh, I feel like he he's trying to stay relevant, so he's doing compromising things that will compromise his integrity. And I feel like uh, 
to stay in the public's eyes, to keep giving his relevant message to different generations, Martin Luther King would do that as well. But then he would run into a Kanye or something like that, and it would ruin his career and his legacy. Sometimes it's good that they leave early because then you they're, they're, they remain legendary in your mind. Do you think Jimi Hendrix? Yes. All that music he made. He was 27. Kurt Cobain, Janis Joplin. Those people are immortalized forever. Do you know what happened? If you know what happened if, if Jimi Hendrix just was still alive today, what would happen? Ozzy Osbourne. That okay, yeah, that's true. And th- then your mind is like, oh man, this is terrible. It, I, it's sad. And then like, oh, we should put him down. Like, <laughs> like, like a dog. <laughs> yeah, take him out back like old Yeller. Okay, question for you: If MLK was still alive, do you think he would guest star in an episode of Atlanta? Uh, w- w- it depends what his money would be like. And just because he wasn't making the greatest relationship uh, decisions, it it was just going to be a while because with social media and stuff, they would catch him easily. And to think, even when he was popular and he was alive and doing all these things, still half the black community hated him. We, we yeah, forget about well, that because the, they all supported all the, Malcolm X. Yeah, all the, all the Malcolm X. Well, he was more of a compassionate guy. I like to compare him uh, in the vegan community as uh, the Humane Society. And I like to think of Malcolm X as like PETA. Yeah. It's like they're fighting for the same thing, but in different ways. Speaking of veganism. But, yeah, let's go here. Now, are you the type of guy, say say we eventually do get to be in the same city and we go eat something. Are you going to be the guy that scolds me and makes me feel terrible if I get a burger? No, no. But I would, I would, uh, and if we're in Louisiana, uh, we're definitely going to a vegan place because I don't live there and you can go get your burger some other time. That's fair. So, I don't think we, uh, I, don't, I don't. I would go to a place with vegan options. Yeah. Like Panera, we don't. No, have a, we like don't a, like a mom and pop shop. That's why I'm on Tinder for like to find these mom and pop shops and the hole in the walls. We have some good places. We have some good places, I guess. We don't have like a. Sure, nest- it's gonna be deep fried. <laughs> Always <laughs> get deep fried bread <laughs> down here. <laughs> you ever had Jeez. deep fried bread? Deep fried bread? Yeah. Uh you mean breadcrumbs? <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. No, the whole like the whole roll is deep fried. Like it sounds a, like a heart attack. It it's great, but it it makes you feel terrible about yourself afterwards. That's what certain drugs do you, man. That's the come down. So, but I feel like the high on this bread is a lot shorter. It's immediately yeah, when you swallow the but, last bite, you feel terrible. And like your your stomach instantly gets bigger and you're bloated immediately. But isn't that kind of a good feeling when like you just hate yourself and everyone around you and you just go to bed with a full tummy and not even a full stomach? I said tummy like a gangster because <laughs> that's how I feel when I go to sleep where I'm really full. Are you a subway guy? No, man, never, never, never. Why not no, subway? I, I, uh, because. For the same price, you can get a Chipotle burrito. I don't think we have a Chipotle here. Well, I think you need to move. You need to talk to your parents and find out why they hate you. <laughs> I've never had. I don't think if. No, I've had Chipotle. I've had Chipotle a couple <gasps> times. Had it in an airport. I don't like. I know you're a big advocate for it. 
I'm not huge on it. I know you're about to hang up on me, but oh, man. I just it's 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 what love tastes like, man. <laughs> I just I don't know. I I can't make a definitive decision on it. You uh, let's go. Right. Let's go to Chipotle. Let's go to Chipotle. How about that? We need to yeah, find some place. Chipotle. I'm okay. If you're gonna pay for it, that's fine. Chipotle <laughs> on me. Let's go. Let's let's all day or day. You want guac? You get guac. I actually really don't like guac at all. You know, I didn't like guac for the longest, and I can only eat it with chips. I cannot eat in food like mixed in. Ugh. I don't like the texture. Anytime I go to a sushi place, I look at the the rolls that do not have guac, and I usually order those. I, I'm not big on sushi. Uh, I was dating this girl once, and she was like, "Let's go for sushi." I was like, "Sure." And then, because uh, she like paid the tab last time, I was like, "Oh, I got it." And I just ordered like a like a little like a cucumber roll or something I could have. I was like, "Oh, I got it." And she's like, "You sure?" I'm like, "Yeah." And I gave my card, and I looked at the tab, and I was like, I tried to not stop the motion of my hands <laughs> because it was expensive as hell for just rice. Yeah, it's rice wrapped up in a. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, it, it's 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 uh, seaweed paper. And once I found out how expensive that was, uh, I I learned how to make sushi. <laughs> and I wouldn't make sushi for her. Okay, so now we're on the topic of women. Cam, I'm going to ask you this: Do you date white women or black women, or does it uh, matter? It, it doesn't matter, but I have very specific dislikes. What are those dislikes for the people of the internet that want to follow you and maybe slide in your DMs? Uh, first dislike, if you smell like, uh, if you smell like cocoa butter. Okay. That's or fair. certain uh, like black girl hair conditioner. I, that's a definitely, as a hard no. That's a because, very specific yeah. dislike. Yeah, because that's like all my aunts and my grandma, that's how they smell, and I think about them when I smell that. And I can't think a girl is attractive. Like like the English accent. I hard no. My mom's from England. Just I can't get into it. Like yeah, just I just hear my mom. Uh if you are too aggressive and confrontational, that's definitely a no. Cause I don't want to be out and someone like steps on your shoe. Some dude steps on your shoe, and now you want to fight him, knowing that you don't have to fight him. And then he's going to say, which is the, the, the most disrespectful thing you can tell a man about his girl. Hey, yo, bro, three words, control, yo, and now I got to fight that dude. And if I don't, I lost the girl. And if, if I do, and I end up going to jail, I'm going to lose the girl. So actually, I don't even want the girl in the first place. So... Uh, that's definitely a hard no. Anyone too aggressive or too ghetto. Uh, weight doesn't matter. Uh, I would date a bigger girl or skinny girl. doesn't matter. But you need to be okay with the way you look. I can't be okay with the way you look if you don't, if you're not okay with the way you look. So if you got to put a t-shirt on when you go in the pool, I want nothing to do with you. But if you're like a big girl, and you you embrace it and you're proud because a lot of girls say, I'm big and I'm beautiful. I don't care. 
but all their pictures are cropped to where you can't see that they're big. It's obvious that they do care and that's unattractive to me. But if it's a bigger girl and she's just like, I'm big, I'm beautiful, and I actually mean it, I love that. I love that. So you're not you're not very picky on like the cosmetic things. It was more personality traits and and choices of cosmetic products. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's basically it. Because uh, uh, with the exception of ugly ducklings, attractive girls are usually very boring and bland yes. and give very little effort in conversations. Most of them aren't able to carry a conversation. Most of why them- because they're they're so attractive that guys will just jump through to them and, and try to impress them all the time that they don't actually have to give any effort. So when I do actually have to talk to them and, and they, they have nothing to offer a conversation, it's like, Hey, I look nice. So it's just like a person like, we can't have a phone conversation. Right. Uh, but ugly ducklings, those are the girls that were born and grew up ugly all through high school. And then like, they got like 25 years old and, found out about carbs and they cut back and they got the Kanye West workout plan and they started getting fit and they have, they, because they had to offer something because they weren't attractive, they developed a personality and they're likable. And there's a time where they finally get hot, but they don't know how hot they are. So they still use their personality. That's an ugly duckling. And that is a beautiful thing. Okay. Wow. We're getting a guide. Women. Yeah. This this is, I don't know the, the percentage and the the ratio of men to women that listen to this podcast, but women that listen to this podcast. <laughs> if you're in yeah, if you're in that window, if DMs you're, are open. If you're in that window, his DMs are open and so are mine. Just <laughs> <laughs> I ain't mad at it. <laughs> you can look at our profile pictures. Cam is a little bit bigger L- than me. A little, uh, l- little more melanin. Yeah, he's a little bit bigger. He's also older and doesn't live in Louisiana. Anyways, <laughs> those are those are my only strong points. <laughs> and he's thanks, funny. Thanks for ruining everything. I have nothing else to offer. <laughs> and he speaks, and he speaks in the public sometimes. He has to drive all the way over the place, and you're never home, so that's another thing. Uh, I'm I'm always home, buddy. Oh, uh, I forget you live in your van. Hey, you work really hard. You can grow up to be homeless too. <laughs> Uh, man, I got so many questions. There's so many things, but I don't know how much time you got. Um, so I want you to kind of tell br- briefly, I don't want to go too, too far into it. Cause you have told the story in the podcast before, but your rebirth and retransformation of yourself kind of, kind of tell us about that. Cause I'm, I want to hear it again. Okay. Well, uh, uh, Lenroy Thompson, uh, that was, that's what I call my slave name. Uh, he was born August 16, 2000, uh, August 16, 1988. And, uh, in 2012, after qualifying for the Olympic trials, I didn't send in paperwork, uh, for my whereabouts for a drug test because I left the country to find a tournament where you need to get drug tested to compete in. Uh, and I was suspended and kicked off the Olympic team for a year. Uh, got depressed, gained a lot of weight. Uh, was really sad, lost a bet, had to be vegan for 28 days, lost 32 pounds in 28 days. And uh, decided I wanted to get back to boxing and I didn't like the person I became. So I wanted to symbolically kill off the old me. And I decided to change uh, my first name from Lenroy to just Cam because Cameron was my middle name and everyone just called me Cam. And while I was there, I was like, I should change my last name to Fossum. And then I was like, wait, that'll be inappropriate. 
So I just changed my middle name to letter F and my last name to Awesome. So like speaking engagements and stuff with kids, I'm Cam Awesome. When I'm doing like comedy or I'm seeing events or in public, I'm Cam F Awesome. Uh, yeah, and then basically continue boxing and needed a backup plan for after boxing because uh, you know college is never an option. Uh, so I decided to go into speaking to schools to tell kids to go to trade schools, maybe not college. They're different paths. I'm, I, I feel like I'm not a contrarian. Uh, I just think I, I'm, I have a lot of individual, I, I have a lot of objective thoughts and I'm an, I'm a thinker and I'm an individual and I don't really, it's not that I don't want to fit in. It's just that if I'm being true and authentic, I will never fit in. And I finally accepted that. And that had made me more of a confident person uh, because in my head growing up, I was like, oh, I want to be cool. I want to fit in. I put all this pressure to fit in and like be normal. And I realized it was never going to be normal. So I can't fail if I don't have a mission. So I just decided to be me and uh, be awesome, which uh, self-proclaimed. But I think I'm doing a pretty good job. What do you think? I think you're awesome. Thanks, man. You're not too bad yourself. I wouldn't have followed you on Twitter after that interview if I didn't think you were awesome. I took (laughs) time out of my day as a 15-year-old kid. You probably had a lot going on. I had a lot going on. It was summer. English tester. Oh, summer. It was summer. So I was all bike riding. A lot of bike riding. Hey, I'm a short. I'm 5'8 and I'm white. What do you think basketball means to me? Uh, nothing. So you're playing soccer. Yes, I was playing soccer because that's the only sport that <laughs> people my size can play successfully. And, yeah, and like, wide receiver. Who needs their hands? Right. <laughs> right. And I got a good right foot. I can curl so that you ball. Just, you just need two feet, man. That's, two feet that's how a, stepping works. Two feet and a head. Yeah. Uh, women's soccer is the leading sport in concussions. Yes. Yes. Fun facts. I just like to drop knowledge every so often. Just drop knowledge. That's the reason why you're awesome. Thanks, man. We got a little Cam F awesome a little bit earlier. Now we're getting Cam awesome. So we're, we're going all the way down the list of, of different yes. different things that you are. So, um, so your, your story of gaining confidence is a lot like mine. I faked it through like from sixth grade. And then like I kind of learned, hey, I'm confident now. In 10th grade. And now it got to the point where people recognize me in airports now. So, like, I've gotten to the point where, like, people have called me out and all the interactions have not been great. (laughs) But (laughs) uh, Where where do they know you from? Uh, From the soccer show I do, MLS Aces. Oh, are you big in the Hispanic community? I'm not. I'm just big in the the white people who like soccer in America community. So... All eight of those people know you? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I think uh, I, I don't. How do you feel about like when the World Cup comes around and everyone's acting like they're boxing fan, uh, soccer fans and then they say something stupid like, what, what is an off, offside? Why can't he stand by the goal? It, yeah. <laughs> Imagine everyone who gets really excited for Pacquiao and Mayweather. And they try to use all these boxing ter- uh, terms, and they have no idea what they're talking about. Imagine, like, I, I know you're not a huge fan of the watching the actual sport of boxing, but you know all the all the terms, and you know yeah. how to box. I know the lingo exactly. So imagine someone getting really excited for Pacquiao fighting Mayweather, May- Mayweather and McGregor, and trying to sound smart. 
Imagine oh, how yeah. you feel. So that's how I feel for a month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for an entire month, 32 days, a month and a day. That's, that's quite a long time. How, uh, who did you have winning and were you happy with the country that won? I also picked France, right? Yeah. I picked France to win. Oh, nice. Did I picked, you win any money? I did not. Cause that's not something I can legally do as far as like betting at a sports book. But no, I did not bet anyone in my personal life. I think I should have, but I was not very confident that France was actually going to win the World Cup, and they did. So, Ooh. I'm glad you didn't bet. I'm not big on betting. Uh, I'm, I'm not big on betting money. I'm all about betting or wagering things. I, yeah, I love wagering. Like I had to buy someone a jersey one time because their team finished above my team in the standings. I had to buy them a jersey. So, doesn't that suck? Yeah, I was like. It was a hundred and something dollars. Cool, man. My my bets aren't even that big. Like, well, I had to like, I had to buy the official thing from the from the league dot com. Oh, I'd have I'd have got that dude a, a starter's jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted I wanted to be a man of my work. So I said like I'll buy you an official jersey. I, I respect that. So I I had to do it, even though it drained my entire bank account at the time because I was sixteen. <laughs> but <laughs> I made a lot of stupid purchases in my life. You should see my desk right now. I have a bunch of random assorted items on my desk. Just uh, that I've either collected, bought, or someone gifted me. That's Maybe you are a hoarder. I'm not. It's pretty clean. Like It's it's pretty organized. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. It's organized. Just, it's clean. Justifying your BS is the first <laughs> step of hoarding. No, of course I need all these news, newspapers from the 90s. <laughs> That's I, how it starts. I do have a newspaper sitting in my chair. <laughs> it's from the LA Times. I don't even live in uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's how it starts. And you're like, no, oh, no, 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 no. But it, it, I, I need this article. I might need it one day. Yeah. Although you have access to the internet. I do. But I wanted but it's the... It's not the same. I wanted the actual newspaper and someone sent it to me. It was amazing. Do you ever travel? I travel a lot. I was in Houston seven times in the last 19 days. You have a secret family there? No, I work in Houston. I work for the Houston Dynamo, the, the professional soccer team in Houston. You do? What do you do for them? I'm a reporter. Well, I work with them, not for them. I, I report on their games. I'm a seasoned credentialed media holder person, and I would do soccer stuff and talk into a microphone and wear suits. Ah, uh, you wear suits? I do wear suits. You do you wear ties? I do not wear ties because it is 100,000 degrees, and I don't want my neck restricted. Did Did anyone tell you you have to wear a suit, or do you try to appear professional? I try to mimic the people who I admire because that, that's what I've done so far in my career, and it's gotten me pretty far. Okay, let's get you to the next level. Everything you've ever done right, stop doing it. Okay. We're going to take a different approach. What you need to do... <laughs> Kind of change it up a little bit because the people that you admire separated themselves from the pack by being different. Am I right? Okay, sure. Yeah. After they, after they, they, they're established and everyone is doing what they're doing, none of them are going to stand out because everyone's now doing the same thing. And it's the person that does something different that stands out. Now, you can't do something outlandish to just stand out because you want to stand out. You have to actually be genuine and authentic in your way of standing out. Now, 
I find yourself like find out what makes you comfortable. Uh, like what would make you happier when you do this? I mean, I like there, there's gotta be something that you want to do or you've never considered doing because no one else is doing it. That's yeah. I, I yeah. I'm going to try also, that. Take some I'm chances, gonna, man. I'm going to try the that. Dice. I'm going to try that. Because if you I, do something I, ridiculous and everyone laughs at you, I promise you in three seasons, no one will ever remember. Exactly. So I'm still at a small enough position and I've been recognizing airports and stuff. I've mentioned that, but like, it's not to the point where I'm having to not go out in public anymore. Like I, people recognize me when I'm out of town, but my hometown, no one cares. So, <laughs> so I go to, I go to these games. I can do something weird and quirky still on a small enough scale where people, if I don't ever do it again, or if no one's going to notice, like I can kind of test the waters and do some, some mock games and like what works for me before I take this big job. Yeah. So I appreciate yeah, hey. that advice. I've thought about that. I just need that little push of, of, confidence from someone else bro i i don't ever go out of my way to do something different but i just do whatever i feel like right and sometimes honestly sometimes just like oh wait this is probably not acceptable and i'm like my my only question i ask is i wonder if this is personally disrespecting anyone or is this some societal rule that if everyone did this before people would continue doing it like wearing suits i think the first person ever wear a suit to a soccer game looked like an idiot yeah it's hot as hell especially especially in this like mls we play in from march till december so that's all the summer months like i get it in england that they play from august to june or may or whatever they they have to wear some more clothing than usual in like december and january because it's cold in england constantly but MLS, I don't know why I wear a suit every week. It's just really hot, but it makes me feel comfortable as a professional. Like, hey, I'm going in this. I'm one of the only people. Oh, that's, that's, your, that's your briefcase. That's your briefcase. What I did for the entire month of July, and I guess I like subconsciously tried this before you talked about it with me. I wore a white uh, lapel. It's like a flower. Nice. I wore that for the entire month of July in like a white pocket square to match it. Bro, oh, you should just go straight ascot. Show <laughs> up like a, a 1920s gangster. There's a guy who works for Minnesota. He does the Fox Sports Minnesota or whatever the, the channel up there is. And he wears a bow tie with a vest every single game. No matter where yeah. he is, that's his yeah. thing. And it's fantastic. And it's so identifiable. Like Craig, uh, Craig Sager, uh, he used to work yeah. for TNT. He wore those wild suits all the time. That was his thing. So if you wore a wild suit, what would everyone think? Craig Seger. Exactly. So, so you, you have I you have to differentiate out. myself. You just look like a wannabe. Exactly. There's something there's something that you do. You, you, you won't think of it right away. This, hopefully you think of it next few months, next year or so. There's something that you're capable of doing that no one else is doing that you will be extremely uncomfortable with doing it first. And that's okay. Grow some balls. Deal with it. Be uncomfortable. It will eventually be your thing. And then... You will think it's adorable when someone tags you on Twitter or Facebook when someone else in like 20 years is doing that thing that you do because they admire you. 
Dang, man. This has been fun. This is this whole ah, – I'm so excited. I'm ready. I need to come with something about Saturday because that's when I'm going to Houston again. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday uh, – I'm doing the Saturday-Wednesday game this week. Like, there's a game on Saturday and there's another game on Wednesday. So, I'll be in Houston two times in five days. Do you drive there? I drive there every single game, and it's the worst thing. It's two hours. What? Oh, that's it? Oh, oh man, that's no nothing. Okay, uh, for what, you wait, drive wait, around wait, the entire country, though. What were you saying? You drive around the entire country. Yeah. So, like, two hours is nothing for you, but I have to drive through, like, I tend. That's not even a whole Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> oh man! But I always have to bring someone with me, though. That's that's Why, you the don't biggest have thing. License? No, I have a license and stuff. It's just I've grown accustomed of doing this the, the way I do games a certain way. Where I have a cameraman. I can't do any of this stuff without a cameraman. So I can't. I can oh. buy a tripod, I guess, because I have to do videos and stuff. That's why I wear a suit. If I was just a writer, I would go into shorts. But since I do. Oh. Uh, stuff for the internet and I've been on TV a few times I have to wear a suit because that's the thing you do no 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 that's the thing others do well what would you like me to do show up in a t-shirt and jeans and just try to do television uh first of all if that's what you'll be comfortable in yes okay. and comfortable isn't physically comfortable comfortable not comfortable is in you wonder if everyone's gonna accept Right. Your antics. But if you if you have put like this, if if you offer a product that is so high in quality, no one will care about anything else. Case in, case in point, Kanye. He's an idiot. He's ridiculous. Like I don't ever I don't know why anyone cares about his political opinion because I don't really respect his thoughts. But his music is so good that you're willing to deal with his antics. Just offer something that great. It's like uh, the NFL running backs who like hit their wives and, and beat their kids and stuff. They're still really good running backs, so no one really cares. Yeah. Still busting out yards. It's still, still Ray, on my fantasy team. Ray Wright gets a two-game suspension after doing that to his girlfriend. Then the video comes out, and that's not socially acceptable. So Not at all, Suspend him forever. So... But without the the actual seeing the thing, uh, it's fine. Two games, then he plays football again. Yeah. So like what, that what applies across. I didn't like the what I didn't thing. like is they knew what he did. They still they they're about winning, so they let him play. And then after everyone saw the video, they're like, "Oh, oh, this is terrible." And I'm like, "No, no, no. you knew exactly what he did, but it just wasn't public yet." Right, it's, it's all it's about, about winning. It's all about winning. It's also about getting people inside the stadium. Yep, it's the money uh, and, and the trophies. That that's why the whole kneel for the national anthem was protest and boycott, and so because the NFL needed to figure out because Trump won by fifty and a half percent, so they need to. They're doing their math to see if we make the players stand, will we lose more fans, and if we let the players kneel. They don't care about the flag at all. No. They care about fans. So, yeah. But back to you. You need to find out. You need to find your thing. It'll be authentic. It'll be genuine. But uh, my thing is thumbs up. Every picture, I do thumbs up. The reason why I do it is because boxers are known for being ignorant, angry, and aggressive. 
I make sure I'm smiling, I'm goofy, and I have my thumbs up in every picture to let people know that boxers aren't all aggressive, angry, and violent. And somehow it caught on. Now, I get tagged in pictures of, of like eight-year-old boxers who do the whole thumbs up thing after they win. I think that's awesome. Uh, I did the, I fought in pink for most of my career until they changed the rules and I couldn't do that. I mean, it's not, what I do is not exactly accepted at first, but if, if it's genuinely you and it's who you are, people will accept it if you're winning or you're good at what you do. Right. So do you be you, whatever anybody else is doing, everyone else is doing it. If I had to, if, if I had to do an interview and I, I saw 99 people dressed up in suits and one dude just kind of in, in basketball shorts and like a wife beater, I would choose that, that dude in basketball shorts because and, and at least to interview and give him more of an opportunity because he's more of an individual and he's not just trying to fit in. And like if, if there's a dude like wearing a clown suit, I'm like, oh, okay, now he just wants attention. But find the balance of being you and not just searching for the attention, but just being authentic. This is such a great, ah, oh, man, we've had segment after segment of you just being funny, serious, and now you're being motivational. Yeah, man. I'm like Denzel Washington in, uh, what's that? Remember the Titans? Yes. Hope no one dies. No. Left side, strong side. <laughs> How strong? See, I guess Louisiana would be a place that like it's really big on football, right? Yes, like high are, school football. Uh, I wouldn't know because I've never been to high school. I've been to like two high school football games. I hate high school football. I think it's a very diluted product of what football should be, which is you know an art. Football is an art. Football is designed plays that have people going everywhere, and there's options and there's different ways that a play can unfold depending on what the defense does. I think football is is a beautiful thing of art and when high schoolers do it it's terrible it's like when when like eight-year-olds play soccer it's just exactly they're they're trying their best but it's it's a it's a mess yeah so i went to i went to a high school football game one time it was at barb high school which is uh the rich kid high school here in lake charles it's where all the all the good athletes get bust in from the bad parts of Lake Charles and they go play football. Oh, yeah. It's one of those. We've had uh, numerous uh, NFL products and people come out of that high school and actually baseball. We got a really, really good starting pitcher in the MLB now. So I went to a game, my high school, my, my cousin played middle linebacker. He was one of the best middle linebackers in the state of Louisiana. He played middle linebacker for same Houston. I went to his game away at Barb and there were seven turnovers in the first three quarters alone. Then we get to the fourth quarter. There's four turnovers on four drives. It's just no one knew how to play football, and the score ended up being like 45 to 42. It was just a, we're not here for defense. We're not here for stops. We're here for scores and celebration days. There was no – all the defense I was played was bad offense, and all the <laughs> offense I was played was terrible defense. Like, it was completely absurd, the game. It was a fun game. But it was just terrible to watch. It was terrible football. If you want, if you want to take care of a terrible offense, just have a worse defense. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what position do you uh, play in soccer? Forward. I score the goals. Forward. Okay. What are your celebrations? I do the the heart shaped hands. 
Like I make my hands into a heart and I blow kisses at the crowd. I I respect that. Now, do you establish eye contact with the hot ones? I establish contact with the parents that are booing me. Even better. Trolling. I remember person trolling. It's not done enough. I, I got hurt my sophomore year and I got hurt my junior year. And I, I didn't do my senior year because I had too much going on with school and starting this podcast and everything like, like that. But my junior year before I got hurt, I only played eight. I, I played nine games. I got hurt in my 10th. So ten, nine and a half games. I scored 15 goals, which that's good for soccer. You score more goals than you play in games. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, I think that's, that's a, a plus. Now in basketball, not that's really not great at soccer. But. Now in basketball, that's not good. You score 14 points in 15 games. That's bad. But in yeah, soccer, yeah. 14 points in nine and a half games is, is pretty good. So I would I scored a hat trick against, against our, our rival at their home stadium. It was turf nice. and it sucked and it was everything was terrible and it was really really cold. But do you would, have high school groupies when this was going on? What do you mean? Do, do people follow and watch me every game? Do people to slide in your locker because I guess like basically sliding your DMs, but like at school. I had people come up to me multiple times after a game. It was good. Oh. I, I, soccer wasn't the school's main priority. Oh, I thought. <laughs> you're, you're speaking to someone who boxes in America. Like, well, I, had to, I had to pay to play soccer. Like, high school kids in, a, in Louisiana, football is pretty much, if you want to play football, you're going to play football, and you don't really have to pay that much. I had to pay like $500. My family had to pay $500 for me to play high school soccer. So I did it, and I just cherished every single moment of it because I knew it was a sacrifice on my parents. It was a sacrifice on me to show up and, and do all the things I needed to do and be my own trainer because the school did not want to pay for us a trainer. So I, I made every single moment uh, I made every single moment that I could on a soccer pitch, whether it be at practice or at away games or at tournaments or even on my – what I consider my senior night, my last home game as a junior, I, I just yeah. made the most of it all the time because I knew that this is not a priority, but I'm going to try to make it a priority for this school to celebrate us. And we got to the first round of the playoffs and got knocked out, but it was it was still a, one of the funnest experiences I've ever had as a high school student and as an athlete. Nice. And uh, no aspirations of playing in college? I did, but my I got hurt my sophomore year. Broke my I broke my heel and I ruptured my Achilles oh. in the same year on the same foot. Oh. Yeah, so walk off. Right, like I woke up this morning. I had to go to my day job. I work at a golf course, and it was hurting. Like Please I went, don't tell me you're a caddy, huh? Don't tell me you're I'm a caddy. Not a, I'm not a caddy. I know That's a no, lot of limping. I know nothing about golf. I don't know. I, me either. I just assume they just carry the bags. No, they have to t- like they make suggestions and stuff on where like what club you should use or. They estimate how far you are from the hole, or what you should do in this situation, or how you should attack this hole, or whatever. They they're like they're like the coach, but they don't really have to. The golfer doesn't have to listen to them. No. And that's you, how I feel about my coaches. <laughs> so, boxing. So you, you you don't box anymore. Uh, you never went professional uh, with I, it. I still I still uh, I still box enough to keep my ranking at number one. <laughs> Uh, you never went professional with though. No. Yeah, definitely not. So you you took this whole confidence thing. You you made this, uh, 
you were a part of the Olymp or you were a part of the Olympic trials and you qualified to go. Then you had the whole thing, and then you twice. Yeah, you tried to do what, what happened in 2016. Uh, 2016, you have to win international competition to make it to the games, and I lost in the finals on a split decision. Didn't get to go. It was uh, quite a bummer, but I was sitting on the edge of my seat for a few weeks because uh, the whole Russia incident. Yeah. Uh, with them doping, if they were to suspend all of Russia, uh, the Russian guy would once he step if once he's taken out, I move up one one ranking, and then I would have qualified. But that never happened. No, they waited until 2018, the winter, which you don't compete in. Yeah, which yeah, that's yeah, it's uh, it's that is the uh, it's the rich Olympics. Yeah. That's basically what the Winter Olympics are. Yeah. Yeah, because like winter, winter sports. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know anyone who, like, personally in my life, that could afford to play a winter sport. That is expensive. Like maybe snowboarding, I guess, is like those professional snowboarders. They're most of the time skateboarders, which usually We're, come from. You'd have to live in a, for it to be accessible, you have to live in a city that has that. Yeah, to like, live in a city that has that is expensive. That's fair, but all and the all the Canadians to a and all city that, that has it—that's also expensive. That's really expensive. So, you, so you came up. So, let me let me ask you: what and what point and what decision did you make that 2020 in Tokyo was not an option for you? Uh, I haven't made that decision yet. Oh, you haven't. So, there's no. still a possibility where there's, you might. This, yeah, there's still a possibility. I'm a. Uh, Kind of gauging if, uh, kind of gauging if, if it's something I want to do. I'm going to fight nationals in December, uh, just to, if you win nationals, you get free health insurance for a year. So I'm going to do that anyway. And winning that will qualify me for the Olympic trials. And I'm putting together a, uh, a speech for Black History Month, which is not so much centered around Black History Month, but centered, centered around civil rights, uh, and, acceptance and tolerance of those who aren't like you and i think it'll be a killer speech if i can get if i can get uh two schools to do it each each day in february uh i'm gonna i'll 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 have enough money saved up to where i uh i could do the olympics and i take i can take a a year off and afford to pay all my bills and stuff because boxing doesn't pay Man, if you go to if you get to be an Olympian in 2020, I want to do stuff like I want I want to go to Tokyo and be an entourage member. I'll be uh, I'll be very old. You'll be 32, 31 ish. Yeah, yeah 30, you know, 30 31's in the summer. Years. Yeah, I, I get that, but I want I want I just want to go. And the Olympics seems like it's great and everything like that, but. Trust me, if you qualify for the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, I will be one of your biggest supporters. Thanks, man. I I want a fourth appearance. So, uh, ex- explain to me how the boxing in the Olympics works, because I'm I'm curious. I don't I'm not too familiar with how it works. Uh, basically, you you have to uh, be the top, be in the top eight in America, uh, and then. When that when the Olympic trials will be the top eight boxers in your weight class in America, and then you have to fight internationally and qualify, and I believe it's the top 
18 in some weight classes, top 16 in some, top 14 in others. And then you get to go to the actual games. So the games, it, basically it's a one loss, uh, one loss in your out competition, uh, one and done. So like you kind of just a random bracket. Let's say you pull the, pull the guy from Sweden, your first fight, either America or Sweden is moving on. Right. Not both. So, uh, you, some people have great, uh, some people have really great draws where they just, they fight guys that are not good or guys that got injured the day before. And, uh, and they qualify pretty far. It's, it's the luck of the draw a lot of times. And, uh, like the Olympic trials in 2016, I got hit with a headbutt my first fight and uh, split my face open. And they stitched me up and they basically said I had to fight the next day, 24 hours later. And they're like, hey, uh, if that cut opens up, we're going to disqualify you. I'm like, what do you want me to do? They're like, don't get hit. So if I got disqualified, then the top guy didn't actually even compete and it didn't didn't get to go. So it's not always a top guy who gets to go. It's like the healthiest one, the one who got the best bracket. It's a, a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of variables that come, come in play. That sounds like cutthroat world. So do you, yep. do you, do you guys like, I, ma- I imagine some of you are friends with each other. Do you, but how competitive is it? And do you guys are, do boxers develop hate for one another in that situation or what? Uh, there, there's of course always the beefs or whatever, but, uh, I fought my roommate twice. So it's, I mean, you, you gotta fight your friends. It's, it's just, it's, it's if you're willing to go extra hard. Uh, so there's this thing where a lot of times in nationals, there's, there's multiple rings going on at once. And if you hear a bell and you think it's your bell and the round's over, but you're wrong, you drop your hands and you start to walk, walk back to your corner. There's a split second to where your opponent can legally hit you. Do you hit your friend when they're helpless and they put their hands down and they're unaware? Do you hit your friend? Is that a rhetorical? No, or no, I'm asking. Are you asking me? Uh, I mean, that's a tough situation to be in. If I could murder him with a punch, I would. Because so, you're not a human being when you're in the ring. So you're doing I, whatever it takes to get to the, the game. 100%. So if he drops his hands, even He's though getting like, hit as many times as I can physically hit him before he gets his hands back up. Man, that's a cutthroat world, man. My, my, the roommate I was telling you about, he dropped his hands and turned around. And I went around him. Because I didn't want to punch him in the back of the head because you get disqualified for that. I went around him to punch him in the face. And I loaded up on it too. It was a good shot. Man. And at weigh-ins that morning, uh, loser buys the first round. And after the fight, I wanted to collect. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened? What happened? Oh, he had to buy the first round. Okay, so he did buy the first round. Oh yeah. Okay. Definitely. Good. I, I just I can imagine what, what, if if he didn't, I'd just beat him up again. <laughs> I imagine there's like a type of animosity uh, that that forms in in those situations between guys. Uh, 
even no. even friends because that you're all going towards one goal and when you're well, not when when someone's in front of you they're the enemy so to speak yeah well, but we, yeah yeah but we all know that so it's completely acceptable so when i hit him and we were talking about it later at night he's like yo can't believe you hit me i was like would you have hit me he's like hell yeah <laughs> like it's an understanding so uh so who is who's ed Lattimore to you is that the guy you were talking about or did you meet uh, him later no, on i did i did fight ed though uh ed is uh my my podcast co-host and he's uh he's he's just a weird dude. I fought him in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and then he ended up being my roommate in two thousand uh eleven for a year in LA. And uh yeah, there's no animosity and we would leave the apartment and go to the gym and then punch each other in the gym. I mean And come back home no problem. No problem, man. Yeah. Just I it, it's it must take a special type of person to do that because I'm not sure I would be able to do that, but I understand it is a sport and I understand here's, it is. Here's, let me explain it to you. You don't understand why someone would want to get punched in the face, right? Yeah. Until you punch someone in the face <laughs> and you realize how good it feels and you're just like, I'll just train really hard so I don't get punched in the face so I can punch people in the face. Legally, too. Like you don't get yeah, arrested for yeah, that's your job. I don't, I don't fight outside the ring. I'm terrified of jail. Exactly. I was about to ask you that as well. Like, has that ever had to come up where you had to fight outside of a ring? And did you use? Uh, no, the closest that happened, I was at a bar. Uh, and it was not really like a crazy, it was like a karaoke type bar. Uh, and those are like my spots. And the guy was walking by and he, I'm leaning on the wall. He bumped me and spilled his drink on him. I had nothing to do with the situation. If I was a pole, like I didn't move. And he's just like, yo, man, we, we got to handle this. I was like, we don't, we don't have to. He's trying to make a scene out of it. And I was like, we don't have to handle it. I was like, you know what? Let me, let me buy you a drink. What are you drinking? He's like, no, no, you don't need to buy me. I can buy my own drink. We got to handle this. I'm like, no. And I just kind of power walked out of the bar, hopped in my car, went home. <laughs> so you left immediately. Immediately. So because I, I feel like that's a responsible thing to do. Oh, I I did that's a very responsible things. thing to do. And I respect you a lot for what you just did or what what, what you had done because yeah. you don't want to be caught in that situation. When was this? Was was this while you no, were? This was, this, this was a couple years ago. And the thing is, because the, the situation, I could have, I feel like I could have diffused the situation, but then I can't enjoy myself because at any point he could hit me from behind or, or whatever. So, if I'm not going to be comfortable, also if I were to fight him, I would definitely win that match, <laughs> and that's charges. It wouldn't be pretty. That's and I'm pretty sure I can break his. I can break a face. I'm pretty sure I can break a face. Yeah. But also, I'll shatter my hand. Now, uh, what I would, what I would, uh, what, what what my process like was thinking because I knew everyone at the bars in Kansas City, like a lot of them know know who I am, or at least a couple of them. And everything kind of like stopped like it was in the movies and everyone's like watching. And I know when I left, someone was like, oh, that dude's a punk, man. And someone else is like, oh, no, that dude's a boxer and didn't want to beat someone's ass, which just made me look even better. Right. So I'm happy with it. 
Man, I respect you a lot. You got a lot. You got a lot of good things going for you, and uh, t- to have you on this podcast again has been definitely something that I've worked towards and I, I eventually achieved. And you've been one of the coolest guys I've ever talked to, and, and definitely a favorite on the show. So I just want to tell you that again. You I heard that you. all the other future guests and the past guests. I am his by far his favorite boxer that's ever been on this podcast. Yeah, my, my favorite boxer, yes. Yeah, no, no, no. You got to pick a specific niche and ride with it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's great advice. That's great advice. Like I am the other American soccer wonder boy. Yeah. Take, yeah, just, just take it and ride with it, man. Embrace it. So I, I just want to thank you again. This has been an hour and a half of content. I never go this long ever, but I just want to let you talk and see what we get. That's what she said. Hey, yo. (laughs) You're just full of one-liners, but you're also full of good stories and great morals of stories. Or or I'm full of That's one thing as well. It's all about perception, man. So there's a lot of bleeps I got to add into this show because this is fantastic. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Hey man, who's your demographic? Soccer players are the most intense people ever. Actually, they're, they're, they're not, the man. You think they care about curses? No. The, okay, so this show is separate from the soccer show. So oh, this, this is, is for the soccer show. This is if anyone cares. This is my podcast. This is my brainchild. This is everything I've worked towards to have my own podcast, my own show for my own guests. That's the reason you're on it right yeah. now. The but, soccer show I do is called MLS Aces. So we cover Major League Soccer, we interview MLS players, we, we do all these different things. That show you can curse. Oh, okay. There's, there's an explicit I'll, warning. I'll, I'll be on that one next. <laughs> yeah. Are you a soccer fan at all? Because I can make this happen if you know anything about soccer ever. I only know about FIFA, bro. Okay, we can have a whole FIFA show. Hi. Tell you what. Hey, hey, we can play online and record the podcast at the same time. Yes, we can. We can. Who's your go-to team in FIFA? Uh, if we're playing in America, I go with uh, the uh, Sporting KC. Uh-huh. And if I'm playing international, I go with uh, either uh, – depends on the year. Last year, I would go with Brazil or Spain. If I'm going English league, I go Man U. Uh, I, I, I respect that, I guess. A little mainstream for me. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not that deep into soccer, so I got to choose the teams that everybody else beat me with before. But I absolutely love your choice to support local soccer with SKC. Oh, of course. I'm getting to watch SKC this weekend. Houston plays them at home. Oh, nice. So I'm very excited. Saturday, Houston Dynamo SKC on some channel somewhere near you in America. <laughs> Google I, it. <laughs> yeah, Google it because I have zero idea what, what is on. But thank you so much, man. Again, um, uh, we're going to wrap this up now. There's so I have like a thousand more hours worth of content I want to do with you. But for now, we got to wrap it up because episodes usually don't go this long. But Cam Awesome, a man of many different talents, including speaking and punching people in the face and also podcasting. Uh, promote your, promote yourself real quick. What you got? I want to shout out two out of my three baby mamas, and that's it. <laughs> okay, so no promotion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. Keep it moving. 
right, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Cam Awesome. For this guy, I'm Riley James, if anyone cares. Bro, that was a lot. <laughs> Cam Awesome. What a moment. What an hour and a half conversation with that man. We went from everything. We went for everything we could. He told a serious story. He told a bunch of funny stories. He's a comedian. He's apparently going for 2022 in Tokyo. That's breaking news. We broke news on the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so, so much. We broke news. I just want to say that again. We broke news. But you can find us on Twitter at if anyone cares underscore at Rayla James IAC IAC Center if anyone cares. By the way. Uh, our show art is done by Spencer Ware. Our music is done by Spencer Ware, my best buddy in the world. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. It really, really does help people find us. And I want to read to you a our first ever review on this podcast. It is uh, something I don't take lightly, is, is people reviewing this show. And we have a raving review from this fellow or fell woman this is just fantastic listen to this all right as i pull it up now i'm just filibustering okay so this is this is from haguen 99 terrible podcast exclamation point exclamation point very biased and unfair one star. That was on Tuesday. All that stuff happened on Tuesday at the beginning too. So don't listen to him or her. It's probably her knowing the situation. But thank you so much for listening to the show. Rate, review, subscribe. Give us nice reviews because this is a good show. It's very well done, very professional. And uh, the host is just fantastic. So give us five stars. Say nice things. And subscribe to the show so you can listen to us every single week on iTunes and Google Play. Thank you so much. For Cam Awesome, I'm Riley James, if anyone cares.